Before we get into this episode, let me take a few moments just to apologise. I usually try and maintain a tight timing schedule. And in this instance, I do have to apologise as due to technical difficulties, this uh, episode is late. So I apologise, but please bear with us and make sure you're aware that this will not happen again. That being said, let's get into this episode. Hello listeners, welcome to a new episode of AFM Storytime, Arena Fantasy Magazine's podcast for new and old authors of short stories. Short stories are a writer's best friend. It is a way to dip your toe into a new genre or to help you with writer's block. Short stories are not an easy form, but enjoyable nevertheless. Starting from Sunday the 22nd of January and every two weeks thereafter, I will be reading out a story that has been submitted to AFM. It will either be a winning entry to one of our competitions or a general submission. I'll also let you know why I chose to read it out. So sit back or lie down, put in your headphones and the story will begin shortly. I hope you enjoy. Hello listeners. My name is Andy Hesford and I'm the host of AFM Storytime. You're in for a treat this episode because we haven't got one, two, we have three stories. The first story is Still Alive by Byron De Beer. The second story is Bargaining Chips by Daniel Michals. And then finally we have The Wand by Angela Lombardo. I hope you enjoy. Still Alive by Byron De Beer. It's okay. It will be over soon. Garion's assistant said if Garion could express anything in any form, it would be of relief. It was mortifying trying to capture a Jafal and falling prey to its paralysing claws instead. Garion and Ismo, his assistant, seemed in agreement that this shall not be spoken of again. Ismo fumbled toward Garion, inspecting his limp body. Perhaps Ismo meant something different. Maybe he was assuring Garion of the temporality of the paralysis. Garion's twitching little toe could attest to that. At least Ismo was practical. Ismo bent down to look at his master and then closed his master's eyes. Garion thrashed three toes in protest. It's okay. It will be over soon, Ismo said once more. If Garion's twitching knee could be interpreted, it would be something like, This pierced monclad is dooming me in the dimmest way possible. Isma wasn't looking below the waist, nor could he interpret such a complex communication. He would likely decode the isolated knee movement as a death throw. Isma's sword rang out from his sheath. Garion's fear of death was only matched by his embarrassment that this was how it was to end. Another sound perked Garion's ears, another body part that had some movement. It was the patter of the Jaffal, two of them. That's why he got caught. Whose job was it to identify the number of Jaffal? Ismo. Garion would roll his eyes if he could. Still, there was an upside. If Ismo gets paralysed, both of them will unflinchingly be gnawed to death by the Jaffals over the next few days. He could live with that, 
destroy evidence of failure. The tap of footprints stole all of Garion's attention. Adrenaline heightens the senses to take in the minutest details in one last breath. But this wasn't it. Ismo stopped any euthanizing activities and sensed the Jafals. No, Jafals were back. Through the snuffling may sound cute, it was their hostile call. Their affectionate mewings were more cuter. <coughs> Ismo shouted, trying to scare away the Jafal. Garion pushed against his body and breathed his first word. <coughs> he could have said many things. But Garion couldn't believe his assistant forgot that Jafals were territorial. The uh was intentional. The Jafals weren't scarpering because their home was threatened. Garion's eyelid lost purchase, and he could slowly take in what was before him. Ismo waved his sword at the two Jafals who were backing away and splitting apart. Ismo attempted to aim his sword at each one, alone a second each, he stumbled a few times. The possibility of being snacked to death was still the likely outcome. Garion pushed his sluggish weight to get on his knees. Ismail! Bleah! said Ismo in surprise, which was so far had the best outcome in scaring Jafals. He turned to face his quasi-restored master and narrowly missed slicing him with the sword. It didn't surprise Garion, but he didn't have the dexterity to pull his hands up in defence, as if that would do anything. I can help, Garion said more sensibly. Guard me while I get a, a crawl to the corner. We need a defensive area. Ismo nodded and resumed darting his eyes and sword at the Tuja fall. True to his word, Garion crawled towards some protection reducing the angle of the Jafal's attack. They were widening their position into a pincer attack, snuffling heavily. Ismo for once did what he was supposed to do and back toward his master. Both reached a corner. Ismo acted as a shield and, and ladder so Garion could pull himself up. The Jafal's closed in. There isn't enough time, Garion said. One Jafal darted in. Ismo took a swipe, but it already bolted back. Immediately, the second Jafal swiped at the swordsman. He was soon to be paralysed. It's okay. It will be over soon, Garion said. Ismo turned to face his master's eyes white. When I say now, I need you to jump, Garion rubbed his hands to ready himself. But this wasn't the hard part. He laid his hands on Ismo's back. Now! Ismo jumped and froze in the air. Garion wouldn't like to admit it, but he giggled as he scrambled up the suspended man. At the summit, Ismo's shoulders, Garion shook his fist at the two Jafals. He was momentarily safe. They weren't snuffling anymore, but hadn't worked out a sound for disbelief yet. Still, they weren't going anywhere. They were protecting their home and Garion couldn't exactly dwell on Ismo indefinitely. Nevertheless, he appreciated the turn in tides. Okay, okay, Garion said to reassure himself. He rubbed his hands on his pants and lost some balance. After remembering his perched position, he needed to get this right. Only after studying a spell sufficiently could one cast it.
If one wasn't familiar enough with the spellscape, all memories of it would disappear from the wielders' minds. Zah! Garion proclaimed. He looked around, not sure if anything worked. The Jafal was perched, waiting for his next move. No, they were in stasis. His spell worked. Ha! Six months of work to inter inspect his zonal stasis spell, and it worked. Being paralysed was sufficient experience to add to his spellscape. No need to capture a Jafal if one is paralysed by it instead. That wasn't mentioned in any book. It was unlikely that Garion would mention it to anyone either. In a gentle fashion, Garion climbed down his dutiful assistant and pulled the floating man past the Jafals, like a near weightless and yet-to-be-invented object that would go great at children's party. "'Another use,' he said, after gaining sufficient distance, before resetting the spell. He said to Ismo, "'It's okay. It will be over soon.' While you take all that in, let's have a quick break and then we'll find out what happens next. Hello, dear writer. Ask yourself, are you struggling to write your first novel? Yes? The Novel Factory helps guide new writers through the novel writing process while completing your first manuscript. It also contains heaps of useful templates, resources and intuitive interactive features to help novelists of all levels and experiences save time and get a better grip on both the big picture and the tiny details. Some of its features include dedicated section for characters, location and items, a plot manager to help you develop your plot, detailed character development prompts, plot templates for popular genres, tools to keep track of individual plot points, and all your notes on hand uh, as you write, plus much, much more. The best part about the Novel Factory is that it won't break the bank. You can start using the novel writing tools from just £6.20 a month. That is less than 25p a day. Plus, you have 30-day free trial to try it out. Use my link, bit.ly forward slash arena fantasy magazine to get your free 30-day trial. You'll thank me for it. And now, let's get back to the story. Bargaining Chips by Danielle Michals You've made deals before. She noted. He shot her a glare, but couldn't offer no counter. He had done what most children did when they began losing teeth. He had made deals with small fairies, trading discarded teeth for small favours. Like all children who traded with small beings, those bargains had been wasted on toys or shining treasures worth little. It was the rare child who made a wise decision and traded their teeth for something that would shift the trajectory of their childhood, rather than providing an amusement for a few weeks. He paced, the gravel crunching under his feet. She waited, patient, as he tried to reason out her suggestion. She had been clever with her deals. As her teeth trickled out, she shifted from candles to diamonds to the ability to speak every language that touched her ears. While her classmates had come to school with gumballs the size of a pheasant, she had set a gold brick on her mother's small dining table. 
He had taken her lead in the bargaining too late, securing an immunity to drowning because he wanted to go to the beach. This had been his last tooth. With no more bones to his possession, the chances for a deal evaporated. She watched him as he paced away from her, pointedly not looking at the shovels she had in the back of her wagon. Trading teeth is one thing, he finally said. What you are suggesting is immoral. You don't have to make a skeleton. You just have to possess one. You are the last of your family. Every corpse in our graveyard with your name is yours to trade. We just need to dig it up and polish it to a shine. He swore loudly and grabbed a shovel. The Wand by Angela Lombardo We are squires in the obedience of Sir Gavin. Gerald is my brother and I, Alan, am his twin. Some say a twin birth is star-crossed, but his lordship took us under his care. Our gallantry has been shown many times on the battlefield. We have saved Gavin's life many times. The knight has a weakness for ale. His torment growing ever more since her ladyship and their daughter Emma succumbed to the flux. We brothers are forever in the state of sin, sealing whatever is possible from the household. Squires can become knights, but we are not noble, seeking a life of pleasure. Sir Gavin must turn a blind eye to our thievery, perhaps because we are his scoundrel stewards and all he has left in his sad existence. I thought there was a treasure when his lordship conjured a phantom. The cloaked figure appeared in his tent when our caravan returned from a crusade, but when Gerald and I approached the dark spectre, it faded back to the unholy place whence it came. That is when we saw Sir Gavin clutching a sacred box. He wouldn't part with the mysterious possession, even sleeping with it near his brow. After a night of drunken revelry, we wayward brothers took the strange box away from the dozing knight, finding it contained a wand covered with dazzling gems. Our dreams of riches were dashed when we saw Emma, Gavin's lost child. The ghostly lass cried for a father with agonised lamentations that pierced our ears. I took the wand and held it defiantly, demanding that her soul returns to its graveyard realm. When the apparition faded, I stealthily returned the wand to a slumbering nobleman. When I peered over my shoulder and spied a look at Gavin, he nodded and smiled. Hello writers! Are you a writer and are you tired of looking at an empty page? Do you suffer from writer's block where you are itching to write but cannot? Do not worry dear writer, just head to arenafancymagazine.net where you will find a selection of writing competitions to smash that writer's block wall down. The link is arenafancymagazine.net forward slash competitions. Head there now. Your inner muse will thank you for it. It's not all about my thoughts though. Uh, we are looking for thoughts from our listeners uh, about the story and the podcast in general. So with regards to the story, did you like the story? What did you like about the story? What didn't you like about the story? Uh, anything you'd like to see in our podcast or anything that you want us to remove? 
Uh, you can leave your comment via Twitter, which is at ArenaFancyMA1. We are also on Instagram, uh, Arena Fantasy Magazine, and also on Facebook, Arena Fantasy Magazine. And never know, we could read your comment out on the next episode. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to AFM Storytime. I really appreciate you giving me your time and listening to me telling stories which I like. If you do want to submit a story, email submissions at arenafantasymagazine.net and I will speak to you soon. Thank you.